Welcome to episode 29 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt, Kata, and myself. So episode 29, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis will be read out by myself. While Jack scours the conference for the copper wire necessary to get his turbine working, the others look for alternative ways of getting out alive. Tysan continues to break dance in competition, but due to a risky agreement between Amber and Ebony, their stakes are now considerably higher than before. Back at home, Celine tries to keep her harmful secret between Patsy and herself. Lex, I warned you. You've been stirring trouble. Amber, don't. Right. That's it. I've had it with you two. Come on, Lex. What did I say? So let's kick off the episode by discussing Lex. Um, so as the tribe regroup after the events before, Lex's injuries come under scrutiny, as Bray implies that he might not have been entirely truthful about how he got them, while Amber flat out accuses him of making trouble. With one of their own injured, um, yeah, panel, were the two being completely fair to Lex, regardless of how he got his injuries? Mm. <laughs> I felt they were, but... That's because Lex was against this whole meeting in the first place. And what does he do, Mr. Head of Security? He gets in a fight, you know? And yeah, maybe it wasn't entirely fair on him, but I can understand where they were coming from. Yeah, I, I feel the same. It's like, I, I don't think they were being entirely fair or showing enough concern considering someone in their own group has just said they've been attacked. Um, but I think it's because it's Lex and they don't entirely trust him and what he might have been up to. And so, you know, I would feel the same way. I would be suspicious as to how this happened. This isn't the first time Lex has claimed to get beat up before to hide something else. You know, he beat himself up to hide what happened with Bluebell for Pete's sake. So, <laughs> you know, I can understand both Bray and Amber being like, really, is that what happened? You know what I mean? What what trouble did you start, Lex? You know what I mean? What are you trying to hide from us? Um, it just it seems unfair because we know that he actually did get attacked. Again, he got attacked because of something he did in the past. So it was just karma catching up with him today. But I can understand why they were just like, you know, because I mean, it's Lex. You can't trust him. You never know what he's been up to. And he lies to you all the time. So... I mean, other than Bray and Amber having to go with Lex. You know, Jack is sitting there, realizing fully well that someone sabotaged him. And Lex is just sitting there, and he knows fully well that he wrecked it. He doesn't say a word, he plays victim. And he just loves Sandra doting on him and looking after him. You know, it's, he's fine with playing, oh, woe is me, I got beat up. 
Um, I'm not sure if you realized right away that, you know, he was the reason the turbine wasn't working. Um, later in the episode, he seems to pick up on that. And yeah, he just sits there and doesn't say anything. Yeah, but Jack was already going on that you need copper wire. There's copper wire missing from this thing. And he's sitting with the thing that Lex cut it from visibly in his hands in front of Lex. Oh, that wasn't until the end, though. Yeah, I was like, that's not till later in the episode. I thought we were talking about the initial reaction to Lex being attacked. And at that point, no, Jack hasn't quite announced that it's the wire he's missing. So no, Lex wouldn't know at that point that he's the reason the turbine isn't working. Sorry, that's my bad then. But um, yeah, later. Uh, but at this point, yeah, you know, I, I do agree that Lex is kind of, he is still playing victim. You're not wrong about that because, I mean, he knows why Glenn attacked him. You know what I mean? It's not because the Mallrats showed up at this tribal gathering. Because you'll notice none of the other Mallrats were singled out for an ass kicking. It's just him. So, And he knows it. He knows, but he wants, you know, he wants to be right about this. He wants to prove Amber and Bray wrong for having wanted to come in the first place. So yeah, he uses that. Like, I told you this was a bad idea. And they don't know why Lex got attacked. You know what I mean? Because he's not going to tell them, oh, it's because I wronged this guy and he decided to get one back at me. So yeah, he, he is definitely playing a victim rather than acknowledging the part he played that led to this, <laughs> to this, his butt getting kicked. I do think it's interesting how dismissive Zandra is of whenever Lex does something wrong, like, unless it's personal to her or their relationship, she doesn't ever care that he did something wrong. Like, she doesn't care that he ruined the turbine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's just like, well, you guys should have listened to Lex. We shouldn't have come. But it's just like, Sandra, things went wrong because of something Lex did. You know? She just completely goes over her head, completely blinded to it. It's weird. Like, Sandra, you're so annoyed. Like, Lex has some responsibility for why this happened today, why the day went wrong, you know? But you're blaming Bray and Amber for hoping it would go well. And <laughs> sometimes drives me crazy about her. I mean, again, I don't think Lex was wrong for being worried about what would happen, but um, I don't think Bray and Amber were wrong for hoping things could go well. And I thought Bray had the best approach to this. Amber was hope had really high hopes. She thought she was going to go into the tribal gathering and change minds, change hearts, make the world a better place. You know, it's like, sorry, Bernie, not going to happen. And um, and you had Lex, who was like, there's no point in us doing this. It's just going to be a disaster. And he's waiting for the fight. And then you had Bray, who was just like, he was the he was the best prepared for this. He did not go into that tribal gathering expecting to change anyone's mind. He went in there, he offered something that would make them worth it, and if Jack had just been honest, they would have never been in that situation. So frankly, I think Bray got the most screwed <laughs> <laughs> when it came to the tribal gathering, because he handled himself the best. He had the best method, the best like headspace for this, and it's his tribe that totally let him down. <laughs> um, following on from this, let's play a little game of What If panel. Um... Let's just say, like, Lex hadn't sabotaged the wind turbine. Um, how do you think events would have played out? Like, do you, would you have seen this as um, the Morats having a pace of power and an acknowledgement amongst the other tribes? Or do you think it would not have worked out either way? Maybe just a little. But no, I don't think they would have gotten the amount of power that they would like to have. 
If anything, it would have made Paul, Jack, and probably Dal a target. These guys have the knowledge how to build this. You need to get those guys to build it for you because it's yeah. easier than doing it doing it yourself. I agree. I don't think there would have been some magical happy ending, even if the turbine was working. You know, and they'd been able to say, "Hey, look what we can produce power." You know, um, because that's just the nature of the world they're living in. I don't think they would have just been like all wine and roses. Something else was bound to go wrong. This is just what happened to go wrong this time because of these circumstances and these people involved. But something else would have gone wrong, you know? Something else would have happened. Uh, the world is always ever-changing, ever-moving, ever-evolving. And uh, I think Sabine's right. It definitely would have put an undesirable target on them because these other tribes don't play fair. That's one of the things we learn in this episode. That you can come with all the good intentions mm -hmm. in the world, but you can't make anyone else abide by that moral code or play fair with you. I don't think they would have. You know, they could have easily just, once they saw that Jack was able to make this, I would not put it past Ebony or the Locos to just take him. Find a way to take him. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't play fair. So I don't believe there would have been some happy ending if everything had gone well. That might be the point of the episode. They hoped for things to go really well at this. And we watch just all these events cascade dominoes. But there's an inevitability to everything going wrong, you know? So that it's it's just like, yeah, this was kind of going to happen no matter what. Because of the, the nature of the world they live in right now. This tribal gathering that Ebony was trying to set up, it wasn't going to go well. Not because of the mall rats, but... Because she has such bad blood with everybody in the city, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just bound to end this way, whether our mall rats had come to the gathering or not, I think. Yeah, that kind of aspect of hope plays up into my next question. Because um, I, during the trouble gathering, obviously, Amber ups the stakes by giving herself as collateral um, in the competition if Tysan wins against Ebony. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know, it felt a little bit left field. Like, what do you think about that? Like, do you think um, it was just Amber holding out hope that things would go well? Or do you think it was a bit out of character that she bet that much on this? Ah, I don't know if it was out of character. It was ballsy, though. It was definitely Amber taking more of a risk than she normally would. But as for putting herself on a limb, I think that is in character yeah. for Amber. Um, it's quite a limb, isn't it? So yeah, it, it's quite a limb. Yeah. Yes, uh, but I mean, it's Dal. Dal's the one who's out there hanging over like a pit of fire. So this is a limb she's willing to climb out on. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's just the stakes are high enough that <laughs> she's like, I'm going there. I'm going there. Yeah. Besides, she has hope that Tyson will be able to charm all these guys standing around there. With her dancing. And yes, Tia really wants to win something from Ebony. Not just the fact that she would be winning Dao if Tysan beats the Loco guy. It's just putting one over on Ebony is quite a prize in its own. Hmm. I think, again, Amber forgot where she mm -hmm. was and um, figured this was, you know, they were going to play fair. You know, Tysan, yeah. like, she's looking at it from Amber's point of view, this was a calculated yeah. risk. Tysan's a good dancer. You know, the crowd might like her. There's a chance she could win this. So it's a bet she's willing to make. And her instincts were dead on. She was right. Tyson does win, you know. Um, but she just wasn't counting on the rest of the world not playing fair. She forgot what world she was dealing in. Which happens to her a lot, unfortunately. She's such an idealist. 
that she forgets that um, this is the world she's living in. And it's enough to kill your idealism, you know? I thought it was ballsy, though. I was like, dad. Oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I have to admire it, you know what I mean? Because, like, it's true. Unfortunately, I mean, everything they've done today has been a risk. Just coming to the tribal gathering was a risk. So uh, it shouldn't be too surprising that she'd be the one to take it even further to try and get her friend back. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, at some point you're just like, go for broke. That's the problem. You're just so far in. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you should fold. You know what I mean? But you're just like, I can't. <laughs> I've got too many items on the table. I'm going to bluff this <laughs> to the end, baby. <laughs> I did think, though, it was weird um, that Tyson even asks if Dal wants to be rescued from slavery. I don't know if if she's just annoyed that now, like Amber, who's had a go at her and been getting on her case, especially about the whole dancing thing, now expects her dancing to save them and just like volunteer (laughs) her for this. Like, excuse me, I was dancing for fun and now I'm responsible for like saving you and Dal. Oh, now my dancing is good enough for you, Amber, because you found it useful, which is... (laughs) very ever. <laughs> I wouldn't have put it past I sent just say okay good luck with that I'm not doing it because I know I would be annoyed if I were Tysan in that situation like here's Amber who's been having an issue with me because we don't agree we don't see the world the same way and even to the point where she's had to go at me for dancing because it's not useful to, in her eyes and not practical and all of a sudden she has the confidence that I can win the dancing competition and save our friend from slavery, I would be a little irritated. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, excuse me, what? <laughs> Why would you do this? Why would you put that pressure on me? Um, suddenly my dancing is good enough for you. And she wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> We've talked about Amber only cares about stuff that's practical to her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She should be annoyed. But um, Dao not wanting to be rescued from slavery is <laughs> just such a... That's a weird thing to ask. <laughs> it's a weird thing for her to ask. Like, even if he didn't want to be with the Marats, this is not where he wanted to end up. <laughs> yeah, but Tyson believes that everyone's following their own path. <laughs> even if it leads to slavery. That's why I do think she's just asking it out of annoyance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because Amber basically has set her up to be the savior of the day. And Tyson, you know Tyson's out there. She's not out there for the prize or anything. She's just out there for her own personal pride mm-hmm. and enjoyment. And then this is put on her. I'd be annoyed. Yeah. It's like, and yeah, you say stupid stuff when you're mad. So. <laughs> and I'm sticking with Amber and Tyson. Um, Tyson makes an interesting observation that Amber hasn't really been happy within the mall. Um Obviously, this is a bit of foreshadowing for later events with Sasha, but Panna, what do you think? Has Amber really shown any signs of being a flight risk? I wouldn't say a flight risk just because of Amber's personality. She's such a stick it out kind of person. But I do agree that I would not say she's happy in the mall. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with Tysan yeah. that she's not happy in the mall. And that's also probably why Tysan's like, why are you doing this? Why are you so obsessed with making this work when I don't even think you're happy doing it? You know, like, that's what Tyson finds confusing about Amber, and I can understand that. It is true. You watch someone like Amber, who clearly isn't happy in the mall. I think we can all agree that this isn't her choice of life. 
mm. but feels this need to do it anyway. And you do wonder, what is the point? Why are you so obsessed? To the point where she's always trying to control everybody and everything. Mm. And it's like, why do you do this? It doesn't bring you any joy. So what's the point, you know? But I wouldn't say I would think she was a flight risk just because so far Amber has not shown herself to be a runner. Like eventually there will be a pattern of behavior with her where she does run from things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, but we haven't seen it yet. So I would, that's not something I would have guessed about her. Mm -hmm. I do find it's kind of inside sense nature to guess things like that about people though. I mean, mm -hmm. she can obviously see that being there in the mall is not, and being everyone's mother is not what Amber really wants. It's what she does, but it's clear that it's not what she wants. And with the way Ty Sand sees the world, well, if you're not happy, you go somewhere else. You know, and I think, yeah, I can see why she would make such a comment. I also think uh, Ty Sand might recognize that we talked about how Amber doesn't, she doesn't put a line in the sand of where she wants to help but there should be a boundary of how much people push their problems mm -hmm. on her um there is no line for her you know so it's just an open door policy and we've seen how she gets she's becoming frustrated with that i think maybe tyson recognizes that amber's desire to take care of everyone and be in control is not sustainable for her emotional well-being mm -hmm. that she is going to crack under all of this pressure which you know spoiler she does it becomes too much and it would be too much for anyone to take that on. You know, that's part of her character arc. Um, learning to set kind of healthy boundaries for how involved you're going to be and how much you're going to help people. And when you're going to step back and say, no, I have to take care of myself. Amber's not there yet. She doesn't know when to put herself first. So maybe that's what uh, Tyson's recognizing that, you know, this isn't, Amber's going to crack under all of this pressure. Mm -hmm. It's not going to last. She's not happy doing it, and it's just too much for any person to take on. And um, it's like driving with no oil in your car. You can do it, but you're going to destroy that engine. Mm -hmm. um, let's switch gears for a moment and focus on Zandra and Glenn's reunion. Um, yeah, it was a little strange, I thought. Like, did, did you think it went... As you did, it go as you expected it to, um, or were you a little surprised that Glenn really didn't register her at all? I wasn't surprised, but I think Zandra yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> she really was. Seriously, why should Glenn be happy to see her? As far as he knows, she ditched him too. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like maybe Lex was the one who did it, but it's not like she or Ryan came back for him. So if you were Glenn and you went through whatever the locos obviously put him through. <laughs> Would you care if you saw her? Would you be like, oh, hey, girl, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, she certainly expected him to be glad to see her, but I didn't. I thought his reaction was uh, right on par. She's just like, you're not, hey, it's me. No, he's like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> she has this massive grin on her face, and he's just looking at her deadpan like, what? <laughs> But you can tell the actors tried not to laugh, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. <laughs> like, there's this one shot of, um, I do think Amy broke on set and it stayed in because the way she, it's something that happens with Jack and she has to look back at Glenn and then she just like has this crackable, almost a mm -hmm. laugh. 
And I'm like, I don't think that was in the script. I think Amy just broke character. (laughs) 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 Because by this point, things were just escalating and getting sillier and sillier and crazier and crazier. And um, it just, it made me giggle seeing that genuine smile break out on Amy's face. (laughs) They make it work, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah. That was Glenn. I wouldn't be happy to see Zandra, and I would, I would treat her. She, she's lucky. That's all he treated her as, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think he does realize that you know what happened to him isn't specifically Zandra's fault. It's Lex's fault, and she's always willing to believe anything less Lex says. So he's probably used to that. That's true. And we do learn later that he had a soft spot for her. That he secretly carried a torch mm-hmm. for her, and um. I don't know. We'll never know how much Zandra was aware of the torch he carried, but we know Lex was aware mm-hmm. of it. And um, that probably played a part of why he got rid of him. So yeah, imagine you were kind of in love with somebody and they were, they wanted someone else. And then, you know, basically your competition like left you to die. You know, um, it's like Edmund Dantes, mm-hmm. from, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he sees his old fiance He's not happy to see her because he doesn't know the whole story, but all he can feel is hurt that she's with his competition, mm-hmm. the man who set him up to destroy his life. So when he sees her, it's, it's, he's only full of anger when he sees her, you know, he doesn't let it go yet because he feels personally and emotionally betrayed by her, you know. So I think it's something like that, somewhere around there. Because he, he will forgive her and he'll let it go. But I think in this first meeting, he's not pleased. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By clear margin. What's happening? What are they waiting for? The winner is T Bird. Yeah, the climax of the tribal gathering. Uh, so I've got loads of questions here. First of all, let's focus on the dance routine. Um, yeah, T-Bird or Tyson, who did you think was the better dancer? I, I've always had a problem with this. They're not the same kind of dances. It's mm-hmm. like trying to, you know what I mean? Like, they're both great dancers, but they're two different dance genres. How do you compare the two of them? Like, yeah, okay. very different styles. <laughs> T-Bird's a good break dancer. You know, um, that's impressive. Uh, granted, he's not my favorite break dancer. I've seen better, but and <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, he's a decent break dancer. Um, and Tyson's lyrical, and even she, I've seen better lyrical dancing, but she's still good mm-hmm. for what it is. You know, um, but comparing the two of them, I, I don't, I don't. I think for the people who were watching it. Tyson's dancing felt more free. You know, it felt more liberated from any boundaries, happy, joyful. And I think that's why they liked her better, other than just her looks. It probably also didn't feel as choreographed as, like, we we even, they even say, like, the locos are obsessed with spray mm-hmm. dancing. You know, and yeah. so <laughs> there might have been, there might have felt very, it's almost like listening to a conversation that's too scripted. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel natural to you. 
compared to one where people are just talking off the cuff and saying what they feel and feels more sincere and you might connect with that better. So it's possible that you're right, Sabine. They connected with Tysan's dance because it just felt more natural, you know, whereas T-Bird is doing a performance. He's probably done plenty of times. Maybe it's a routine he knows very well rather than the improvisational dance that Tysan's doing. I picked Tysan, but that's just because I prefer lyrical dance. I did find out like a really strange line um, that yeah the locals were full of break dancers. <laughs> yeah, felt like a setup for a West Side Story type episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that her break dancers have uniforms. That's mm-hmm. how much it means to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can see with Ebony in charge, like she's like brought out all these skills from people. But yeah, it's just a bit. <laughs> Bit of an odd line, I thought. Yeah. I do think it was interesting that that just came out of nowhere. I would never have pegged any of the locos for dancers under Zoo. Nah. No. <laughs> but it's an interesting insight into their world. Like, oh, they don't just wreak havoc all day. You know? And it's something that they Bray knew Bray. about. Right. Yeah. Like he's aware that they're obsessed with Ray dancing. <laughs> Okay, learn something new every day. You know, it makes me think how much Bray actually knew about the Locos from, well, before episode one. <laughs> well, he probably spent a lot of time stalking them, keeping an eye on them. Mm-hmm. Think of all the things that he knows about them he's never shared with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> we know Bray doesn't disclose. <laughs> and yet here he throws it out there. So, uh, yeah, the outcome of the dance competition goes as you could expect, really. Um, despite Tysan's crowd-pleasing performance, discontent festers amongst the tribe thanks to the locos rigging of the dance competition. However, Lex is able to cause a diversion and makes Ryan rescue Amber, Dow, and Sasha. This leads to the gathering ultimately descending into a mass brawl. Um, yeah, so panel, quite a few questions. First of all, uh, we really discussed this before, but like, was this the, really the only way the gathering was going to end? Yeah. I think I think so. <laughs> the way it descends into a brawl so quickly. People who are literally just standing next to each other a minute ago are now choking each other out. Yeah, but these are gangs that have been at each other's throats for months. And they're playing nice for, well, the idea of winning stuff and trading stuff. And the second they get a spark of disagreement, they are willing to go at it. Yeah, that's all. It was a powder keg. That's all it was. And it didn't even need Lex to start the fight. Somebody was going to start a fight after the Locos stole the dance competition. Mm-hmm. You know, and because remember, other people were vying for that petrol. Maybe Tyson didn't care about it, but other people did. And once again, this is just the Locos taking the best for themselves. Mm-hmm. And this time it was clear in front of everybody. They didn't win it, you know. These kids mm-hmm. may not care who the, the, the mall rats are. But if you have also been a victim of the locals' unfair policies, the minute you see it happening again, you're just, it's going to set you Mm -hmm. off. You know what I mean? So Lex didn't even have to start it. Somebody was going to. (laughs) It was going to happen. Yeah. Um, But again, this is a, there's a lot of consequences happening in these last two episodes, which I imagine, I believe for you, Sabine, was just one episode, all in one. And um, the whole, the theme is that it's like your your sins coming back because everything that happens is because of things our characters have done before, mm-hmm. you know? So, for example, the turbine not working, it's all because of Lex cutting the wire, mm-hmm. you know? 
and the fact that Jack just didn't want to admit that the turbine wasn't working, that he couldn't fix it. You know, uh, Lex being attacked because he screwed somebody over in the very first episode of the show that's coming back to haunt him. The fight it breaks out because of everything the locals have been doing to people for like the last year. You know, people are sick of it. Mm. And there's enough of them all together. And they're just like, that's it. Let's fight. You know, it's all about the past coming back to you get ya, you know. I have to say, with things about the past coming back to Getcha, I found the scene where Ryan punches Troy so satisfying. <laughs> yes. Oh, Ryan. I, I lo- there's that moment after he offers up the money, and he and you can tell Amber's trying to make him feel better because just look at Ryan's face. He goes dead silent after this. He's very bothered by discovering that this thing he'd been doing and caring about meant nothing. And, you know, he's wondering why didn't Lex tell me? Why did he let me carry this around? He could have told me at any point in time. And it must also be confusing. I'm sure that Ryan has worked things out in his brain so that the world makes sense. And the money was a part of that. So now that that piece of the puzzle's missing, he's trying to reorganize what this means for the future he envisioned for them. And here's Amber trying very hard to make him feel better asking about it and stuff like that and which I thought was really sweet of her like she can tell he didn't know and he's really bothered by finding this out and you know she's just like that's a lot of money where'd you get it and hey don't worry about it you know don't think about it it's okay and let it go it was a very sweet moment between them and of course Ryan's just he's my superhero so. yeah, I really <laughs> like that they gave him the moment to you know rescue the others just do what I say, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I thought we weren't fighting with anyone. I just love the fact that Ryan was like, okay, we're fighting now? Fine. And he just goes and <laughs> No question. I have to save my friends. Oh, you're in the way? Punch. <laughs> I love that about Ryan. It's just amazing someone who isn't like physically violent by nature can totally knock you out if they have to. He doesn't want to. It just has to be done. Oh, I love that. I love that about Ryan. And um, I like the escalating tension. Like the way this episode is set up is to make you feel like they're going to work it out at the last minute, even though this is a tribe and that doesn't happen. But <laughs> like all the, it just starts getting more and more ridiculous as the dominoes are falling and the problems keep just building up, building up, building up. Even Amber putting herself on the line to save Dal. It's like, we already had one problem. You just made it worse, Amber, mm-hmm. you know? Suddenly the dance competition is a bigger deal than it was before. And, and you know, Jack, like the whole time Jack's going on about what he needed was the wire, you know, and trying to find some. And you're just waiting for him to notice Zondra's ring. She's like, Jack, look at her hand. Then she starts talking about it. And Jack's too distracted. And it's not till she walks away that he realizes what's on her finger. And it just keeps escalating up. That ball is just it's like a tiny snowball at the top of the hill. By the time it gets to the bottom, it's just this gigantic, you know, boulder. And and yet at the same time, nothing. They don't solve it the last minute. <laughs> just, you know, it's just chaos. And I do like that. I like the way that. You keep hoping up to the last second, this will be okay. This will be okay. They'll fix this. It had a very um, Avengers Infinity War <laughs> ending. <laughs> like, if you look at that plot, it's set up for the heroes to win. Like, Thor is going to come in in the last minute and save the day. Like, what was the whole point of him trying to find the 
god killer weapon do the whole movie if he's not going to swoop in and save them at the last minute and then he doesn't this is how the episode feels to me mm -hmm. just like ah get the ring okay chloe you reach and get it and then it doesn't matter it's he gets the ring and it's too late they have to run it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> like that i get chloe involved for that yeah just yeah her hands are smaller you know she can reach Zondra decides to actually help out. <laughs> She's not going to do it herself, but... I do think, I love the way everybody reacts to the situation and the chaos as it's getting crazier and crazier. I felt like everyone was very in character and responding properly. Um, I, was, I was thinking of the dance competition and whether or not you think, like, Ty Sam's a better dancer than T-Bird or whatever, you got to say there is something so iconic and timeless about Tysan dancing mm -hmm. that is so about the tribe. Like just mm -hmm. seeing her do her leap in the air yeah. made my heart flutter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like the tribe holding hands in a circle. Mm -hmm. It's just um it's the iconography of the show, Tysan yeah. dancing. It's one of those yeah. moments. <laughs> yeah. Like you should have been there. <laughs> do you remember that? Were you there for that episode? <laughs> the whole gathering was just really put well put together. Yeah. Yeah, it's ambitious, mm. and they did a good job with it. So I can like for this, I can totally forgive some of the rushed job to get us here in previous mm -hmm. episodes. Just a little bit, I can forgive it. Cause I'm like, okay, this is what you were gonna deliver. Well done, well done. I have to say, just after you know the moment they come home to the mall, I just I really like that. Just everyone's so sad and annoyed, and Trudy's just standing there with her. I take it no one won a goldfish. <laughs> Was Lex right about violence mm -hmm. being the only language these people understand? Yeah. I, you know what? I think he might have been, you know? Um, he, he tried to tell, because that's the way people like Lex see the world. And you can tell he's frustrated with his tribe mates. He, this is the way Lex always saw it panning out. Mm -hmm. And part of it's because he's a pessimist, or more like he's a cynic. And, um, but I don't think Lex was hoping it would all go to crap. I, you know what I mean? I don't think he wanted to be right that bad. It's just frustrating that this is the world they live in and he can't get Bray and Amber to recognize these, that mm. this is the world. And this is why, this is how Lex excuses his own behavior because this is the only world he's ever known, even before the virus. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, like they're trying to play fair and Lex is telling trying to tell him, Don't you get it? These people don't play fair. It says so much about Lex's experience in life that this is what he learned. Life isn't fair. It never played fair with him. So why should he ever try to be fair? You know, why should he ever try to take the moral high ground when life will always kick you in the nads and cheat, you know? And this is like a summation of Lex's outlook on life in general. Like of course it was going to end up this way because that's life. Don't you guys get it? You know, and they're disappointed, but Lex is like, I saw this coming a mile away. <laughs> and it, it's sad. It's, it's really sad. But back to the mall. I love it too. Yeah. I'm with you, Sabine. I really like uh, just everyone trudging in. I, I just, I, I really am happy they escaped. I love the escape. I love how it all escalates to that and um, how they have to take Sasha with them that set up very well that he and Dal are chained together and that's it you know um 
So I, I thought the way they got da- got Sasha into the mall with the rest of them was very natural and organic and not forced. And uh, just everybody sitting there. And I, I really love the discussion they were all having because they were all reacting in very realistic ways. They all had valid things to say. But at the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter how we got here. It doesn't matter. You know, let's be a tribe again. You know, Sasha's right. We made it. We escaped. We were safe. We're home. Um, and then the tiny little Casey moment just after that. <laughs> with, his, with the nicked Game Boy colors. At the end. Such a perfect distillation of tension. I love that. Who wants to play a game? Because they're all like, where's Casey? I don't know. And again, you, you know, I get it. Even though I'm still shocked that nobody noticed <laughs> he was missing the whole walk home. You guys weren't running the whole way. Come on. <laughs> You never looked around and didn't notice. You didn't take a second to account for everyone in the group once you got away from the gathering. <laughs> but, uh, he, he had such a great idea, though, because like, it's everyone else is at the gathering, so it's the perfect time to go around and steal and stuff. Absolutely. There's chaos. Time to mix stuff. I do wish he'd gotten more useful stuff. Yeah. But he's such a young child in that, you know? Ooh, I want I want to have a Game Boy. And Jack only has one. Now we have more. <laughs> like you couldn't nick us any food, Casey. <laughs> He's like, well I got I got a mince pie for myself. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a perfect crescendo mm-hmm. to the meeting. I just think it went I think it was really well written. I definitely do. Um I just love the flow, I love the energy, and I love how it just carries you through and then you feel exactly like the characters when you make it back to the mall. You're exhausted. Yeah. Like, we're home. Thank God. <laughs> we're never leaving this place again. <laughs> Stay inside. Close the doors. <laughs> yeah, I, I really... You know what makes me laugh about Sasha? Is that if you thought Amber was optimistic... <laughs> he comes in, shining like the sun till it hurts... Your eyes. Like, he takes her optimism and turns it cringy. It just makes me laugh. Where even Amber is like, dude, tone it back, man. Because Sasha's immediately looking on the bright side like, dude, this is awesome. You know what I mean? I was just enslaved and now I'm not. You guys got it. I don't see what the problem is. I don't know why you guys are all down in the mouth. This is the best way it could have worked out. He's so smitten. He's like, <laughs> I, mean, I told you. I told you. The minute she showed up to save Dal, the look on Sasha's face. <laughs> oh, this is my savior. Yeah, he's like, oh, this goddess came and like sacrificed herself for her friends. Like, so beautiful. He's, just, he's like crying in tears. He like, came oh in on a white horse with a flaming sword. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, yeah, gone. <laughs> yeah. He fell hard because he had nothing to say. Though I do love his, um, it's a bring your own bucket affair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would love to be captured with Sasha. Yeah, I, I, would, I would mind. Like, seriously. Like... <laughs> He's fantastic. Jan, I think I've cracked rip. Come on, let's get you sorted out. At least I appreciate what he did. Oh, um, don't forget this. What is it? It's not just ring. It's a pretty expensive tool. It um, nearly costs us our lives. It's made of copper wire. Lex. So I took a bit of the wire. Mm. You gonna blame me for the turbine now? 
Maybe we shouldn't have it even- It always comes back to you. But yeah, get to the end, and it comes out that Lex is the reason the turbine wasn't working, and it doesn't really matter anymore. You know what I mean? Because it's not just Lex's fault. There's just a lot of mistakes that were made. Jack didn't have to, he could have told them before they left, he couldn't get this thing working. So it's like, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how self-righteously angry Jack is. If he had just said he couldn't get this thing working, they wouldn't have ended up in that situation, you know? And so, yeah, I get it where it's just like, there is no real resolution at the end. And there, I doesn't even feel like there's any lessons learned. It's just like, <laughs> this thing happened and... Huh. <laughs> and that's so real. That's so realistic to life. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. You wait for absolution, but absolution doesn't always come. It's just stuff happens and then they're not happening anymore. And that's, that's life. Mm -hmm. That's it. Why are you being so nice to me after everything that's happened between us? But we've come through it. We have to look after one another. That's what I learned when I tried to escape. When I tried to start again. It's pointless. Because as bad as things get, we do have each other. And so far, we're still here. We're still alive. You wouldn't if I'd had my way. What do you mean? I hated you. It was mutual. The night you took the pills, I found you lying there. I saw the empty bottle, but I didn't tell the others. I went back to bed. Do I have to spell it out for you, Trudy? I left you there to die. Whilst the other Morats are at the gathering, um, Patsy's conscience gets the better of her and she tells Trudy about Celine's secret. Uh, and it's in this scene where Celine's forced to explain about her bulimia to Trudy after she mistakenly assumes that Celine is pregnant. But this then leads to, to another scene that when she's feeling even more guilty now that Trudy's been so nice to her, Celine confesses that she left her to die after her suicide attempt. Um, yeah, panel. Um, what did you think of Celine owning up to what she did? Um, and yeah, how do you think this affects the two of them? Part of me is kind of thinks Celine wants Trudy to get mad at her because she hates herself so much for what she did. She wants Trudy to be mad because that way she can validate her being mad at herself. Mm. And I think she, yeah, I think that's, you know, she already hates herself. And Trudy's being super nice to her and it just makes it worse. So it's just like, let me tell you what I really did. You know what I mean? And then maybe you'll hate me too. And that's exactly what I deserve. Because I can't, I can, I'd rather you hate me than you be nice mm -hmm. to me. I can't handle you being nice to me. It's too much. It makes it all worse. Um, I give Trudy kudos for guessing, like assuming that Celine was pregnant. Which I think is interesting because it's like she's looking at Celine's behavior. And she's taking a moment to remember what she went through and making this mm. i mean she already assumed that bray and celine were more serious than they were and uh so it's natural that she assumed they were having sex um it would be still too soon for celine to even know if she were pregnant considering that it's literally only been like two weeks but whatever ignoring that uh I, I I just think it was kind of cute that and kind of sweet that Trudy was th obviously thinking about what she went through and how she was likely scared to tell anybody and what symptoms she had. And she's looking at Celine and thinking, oh, no, maybe she's going through the same thing and showing that understanding because she knows what that's mm -hmm. like. And then, she's, you know, cause she doesn't know what, OK, if you're not pregnant, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what's wrong with you. Just thought maybe you were going through what I went through, you know. 
I, you can see Tree is trying so hard to be super nice, which I admit left me okay. At this point, remember we hadn't seen evidence that Trudy could be a nice person. Okay, so I remember when I first watched this, I didn't trust this behavior from her yeah. at all. I because it felt like she was just trying to overbalance so hard from how she'd behaved before, especially just literally chasing. Uh, Celine down, trying to be nice to her, super, super nice to her, always saying nice things to everybody. And I was just like, either you're faking or you like, I made this is why I always had trouble with believing that Trudy wasn't capable of controlling her behavior before because she's so capable of doing it now. You know what I mean? Like, she's super, it's not a problem at our, we don't see her struggling to be a nice person or struggling with her own emotions. She's just like, Boom, I'm an e instantly decent human being and I'm super sensitive to how other people feel and I'm super aware, which means she was capable of this before and she was just choosing not to be that way. And so mm. it felt, you know, I mean, granted, I feel differently about it now, but at the time I didn't trust it. I really didn't trust her being nice. I thought she must be faking or just trying to make up for it because she's trying too hard. And I was just waiting for her to snap. And go right back to being the way she was before. I, I mainly yeah. assumed she was being so extremely nice to Celine, still out of gratitude that Celine gave her back her baby. That's true. That's definitely fair. I still didn't trust her at the time. <laughs> Just didn't know. Like, mm. yeah, no, I was the same. I thought it went from like zero to a hundred too yeah. quickly. <laughs> like, too quickly. Mm. I'm like, I can understand the epiphany for the baby, but I don't know where the epiphany to be suddenly be this great person came from. <laughs> I, I would have liked to see a little work go into yeah. that. A little struggle. We do see her worry about Celine an episode or two before this. Well, of course. As soon as she came back, she's immediately just a great person. They don't do a very good job mm -hmm. of transitioning Trudy from one side of the spectrum to the other. You know, um, so it just feels very jarring that she went from being just basically a horrible person to a very, very awesome, kind person. And you're like, I don't know which side to trust at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, now I know she truly was being sincere because, I, you know, it's hindsight. And, ex you know, I seen the way her behavior continues on. So I'm like, yeah, she was totally being sincere. She's, but at the time, I had no reason to trust it. None. I was just like, uh... Why are you trying to be so nice to Celine? What are you doing? <laughs> just it felt a little desperate. <laughs> just a little. How how did you think Trudy was going to react to finding out that Celine left her to die? Like, what did you think was going to happen? I thought we were going to see a return of the real <laughs> Trudy. <laughs> I was very torn because on one hand she has every right right to be mad, and on the other hand, Celine was the only person who respected her decision to end her life like at this point in time trudy hasn't isn't showing any regrets that she's alive you know what i mean like she showed them briefly when she first woke up but there could be a myriad of reasons for why she was mm -hmm. angry and uh, so far all we've seen is that trudy seems very grateful to be alive and grateful to be with her daughter so you know there might be some part in her brain that's really glad the suicide attempt did not mm -hmm. work so for someone to tell you that this straight up left you to die I didn't know how Trudy was going to respond, but I was expecting a blow up. I was expecting something to go really, really wrong. Like so much for this friendship. 
Yeah, I was expecting an explosion. I thought she was going to go for her. <laughs> like, what? Wow. Like, I'm trying to be nice to you. I'm trying to make up for how I treated you. And you're telling me you left my butt to die? <laughs> I, 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 but again, at that time, I didn't trust Trudy's behavior. And I didn't mm. know how sincere it was. So, yeah, I was definitely expecting her to just gra- find another plastic knife and <laughs> remove some eyeballs at this point. Like, Celine, why are you digging this grave? Yeah. And that's why I felt like Celine wanted to punish herself. And that's why she told Trudy. Like, I want you to hate me. I want you to be disgusted with me because I'm disgusted with myself. And um, and it's true. Sometimes when someone, like, for whatever reason, they're being super nice to you, but you don't like that they're being nice to you because either you don't feel like you deserve it or you don't want to feel obligated to be nice to them. There's a million reasons. Mm-hmm. But let's just say you don't like that they're being nice to you. So you try to push them away and it's not working. So you might, like, go attack them personally or something anything to make them stop being nice to you so some of celine's behavior strikes me as that like she's trying to say something that will make trudy stop being nice Mm -hmm. to her so she tells her about the bulimia you know because it's like she thinks it's disgusting so trudy should find it disgusting and instead all trudy feels is compassion celine's not expecting Mm -hmm. that so yeah i think that's why she comes clean about what she did that night i think she really wants trudy to hate her because of how she feels about herself you know like stop being nice to me i'm not a nice person i'll prove it to you and tell you what i actually did to you you know it's well acted scene though i really again tony yeah, is yeah. amazing and just every scene she's so good so good she, that girls can act circles around everybody <laughs> i'd hate to have to do a scene with her i'd feel so intimidated because she can whatever they're asking her to do she can do it so well you know, and, and it's such a young age. Yeah. I love all the nuances of how she is in this conversation with Celine. There's no, she's not one note at all through it. There's a lot going on so that you're wondering what's going on in Trudy's head. And mm. she's really good at acting like somebody who's trying to figure out someone else. Like, do that entire scene, Trudy looks like someone who's thinking about what could be possibly going on with Celine and dissecting it and thinking about what she's going to say next. That is not to be like uh, underestimated. You know what I mean? when it comes to acting, it's like watching Robert Downey Jr. Play Tony Stark. He's really good at acting. Like he's thinking you look at Tony Stark and you can tell all the thoughts that are going on behind his eyes as he's trying to solve a problem. And that's what I feel like Antonia does with Trudy, especially in these scenes, you can tell all the thoughts that are going on behind her eyes and what she's thinking and how she's trying to work out how to approach Celine and how to fix this. It's just really well acted. It's very mm. subtle, but I just, I couldn't help but notice it today. Oh, one more thing. I didn't know if you guys noticed when Lex and Zandra walk away, they're going to leave. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, She's talking about the wedding. She's trying to like get mm-hmm. his mind off of what's going on. But Lex is very distracted. And there's a dance competition. And she's talking about how she hopes Tyson loses. Mm-hmm. You know, Lex, I remember he says something like, I don't think she's in it for the prize. The way I just, I feel like there's something unspoken about Lex's feelings right there when it comes to Tyson. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hate Tyson. 
like the way he hates Ebony for making a fool of him or any other girl for like turning him down. There's something there with Tysan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a genuine hurt that she turned him away. You know, um, he's actually hurt that this girl doesn't like him because every time Zandra says something that might be derogatory about Tysan or tries to cut Tysan down or be dismissive of Tysan, Lex changes the subject. He doesn't continue talking to her about it. Remember when she brings him breakfast in bed and says it's something that Tysans of the world wouldn't understand, and he's like, "I've lost my appetite." Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like he, there's something about Tysan that Lex fell for hard. Like she got under his skin, and usually a woman who would reject him the way Tysan did, he would just hate her. He'd want revenge. He'd want to hurt her. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd want to prove to her. I'm cool. I'm great. Like, think of how long he hates Ebony for embarrassing him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He never acts that way about Tysan. Even just his insight of understanding that she's not in this competition to win a prize. Like, he may not get her, but there's something about her he likes and admires on some level that even he doesn't understand. You know, and there's always this, like, this subtle sadness that comes out of Lex whenever he's reminded that he's with Zandra, but he couldn't get Tysan. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he wasn't good enough for that girl. He, he couldn't, you know what I mean? Like it's somewhere it hurts. I mean, we all know he only went back to Zandra because he didn't have, there was no one else. So. Yeah. So Sam's the one that really got away. She got away. I just thought it was interesting, like that little moment, a little, again, you know, Caleb does it really well, those subtle moments. I'm like, oh my gosh, she got to you, buddy. And then, of course, that moment he watches her has all the poignancy in the world, you know, seasons later. (laughs) (laughs) Tyson's precious dance. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So that brings episode 29 to a close. Thank you once again to the panel. And we'll see you next time for episode 30. So until then, bye. Bye. Bye.